Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 928, with Chef Katie Dixon. And I just decided that day, I was like, I'm going to be myself. And if people like that, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. But being true to yourself, you can go home at night and lay your head down on a pillow and you can sleep. And that anxiety you don't have, you're just yourself. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program this is something that's never been done before this 60-day event is at no cost to you but it's not for everyone fred langley ceo of restaurant systems pro will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the restaurant system pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants fred will teach you recipe costing cards guidance in your books for accounting cash control sales forecasting checklist budgeting for the entire year scheduling for profit it, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. I don't need to tell you that it's harder than ever right now to be a restaurateur. The cost of goods are going up. Labor expenses are going up. People don't want to work in the industry. Anybody who had experience has, has gone on to different verticals or different industries. And we are just stuck with a lot of people who are very green. And how, how do we increase sales if nobody knows how to sell? Well, you empower them with the right tools. And one tool out there that you need to know about is called S. RV, which stands for Study Restaurant Variety, created by Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars, a name I'm sure you recognize for his multiple appearances on the show, and his co-founder and co-creator, Zaylin Jacobson, who you'll be working with. This is a tool that will help your team memorize your menu, your uh, your culture, uh, everything, anything you need to train them, your entire training manual is now in an app and accessible anywhere. And really what it is, is an interactive learning tool. And it's a great way to invest in your team and to make them feel valued. There's a lot of data supporting that. This is how the next generation of professionals prefer to learn. So if you need a tool out there to empower your staff, to train your staff, uh, to, to give them the knowledge they need to be sales stars, then check out srvnow.com click the link that says request a demo and that will bring you to a page where you fill out your information the very last field make sure you let them know that restaurant unstoppable sent you their way they will pay us a commission of one thousand five hundred dollars if you use that link and you you sign up with them and i just have to say thank you in advance we're trying to take restaurant unstoppable to the next level and this is one way we can do that by just spreading the word about these tools and uh, I believe in what they're doing over there. So you're in good hands. Uh, thank you in advance. All right. Do it now. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Katie Dixon. Chef, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm feeling unstoppable. Uh, yeah. yeah. Man, I, I can tell. And uh, <laughs> this is going to be a great conversation. I should say uh, the owner of Birdhouse, an author, and you do 
meal prep. You do so much. I, I meant to mention that in the intro. Uh, I'm excited for today's conversation. I'm really excited because you took such an, untra- an untraditional path to get to where you are today. And I hope it inspires more people to think outside the box and to... I feel like just scrappy is a good word for you. And I have, is that safe? Scrappy is good. I actually played basketball in college. And oh, that was really? the word, yeah, that was the word everyone used for me. And I yeah. think I've just used that in the restaurant industry. It's such a like, great, just gritty, scrappy. It's such a great attribute. <laughs> I'm so excited for this, this conversation. But before we dive into who you are and how you got to where you are today, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Goodness, there's so many out there that I really just like read and I love. I think a lot of times, like, we feel like forces of nature against us sometimes. And I'm such an optimistic person that I feel like when you're really thinking, you know, I've got this against me, this against me, this against me. And you're like, how am I going to do this? I think about the plane at takeoff, like the wind is against the plane before he flies. And I feel like that's been my journey. I feel like there's always going to be a reason or an excuse on why you can't do something. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, but you've got to look for all the reasons and have the courage yeah. to step out and just do it. Yeah. And I'm going to take this analogy to the next level because okay. I was a commercial pilot and I ah. understand why the plane takes off into the wind. <laughs> you think the obstacle is the way and that's why the plane's going into the wind because that wind is, is going to increase your lift and you might think that's the hard way, but the challenge is the way that's going to make that, that challenge that going against the grain is going to elevate you. Absolutely. It's going to take you to the next level. And, and that's just the, the, the right mentality to have great way to get this thing started. So where does it make sense to start sharing, sharing your story? What were you doing before you were cooking? When did you know that being a chef was what you wanted to do? Goodness. I, I think like, I have to start from the very beginning to understand me. Um, I grew up the oldest of four. We were each a year apart. We would go to my grandmother's farmhouse kitchen every weekend. We would have big family breakfast, lunch, dinner. It was time spent around a dinner table. It was conversations. And I I use this a lot, but my grandmother would serve love on a plate. Mm. Um, She instilled in me a love for cooking. I never in a million years thought until eight years ago, this is going to be what I was doing. Mm. Like I knew it was my passion. I didn't think it was going to be my occupation. Um, I actually majored in marketing and business in college and, um, then I end up in the restaurant industry. But that's a good background to have getting into this industry. I think it's an area where a lot of people struggle in this industry is promoting yourself. Mm-hmm. We're so caught up in the food and the thing that we forget there's so much other stuff you have to do to be competitive in today's market. Absolutely. I had a professor in college that always taught me, if you can meet the needs of your customer, you will be successful. Yeah. And in doing that, also staying true to yourself. Yeah. So that is one thing that I've always been like, I've got to meet the needs of my customers and stay true to Katie and I'm going to be successful. It might be hard. I might have to pivot. I might have to turn and adjust, but you can be successful. Yeah. So 2016 was the first date I saw in researching you where you you show up. What was going on before 2016? Before 2016. So I, like I said, I played basketball in college two years. I ended up transferring to Southern Miss. That's how I made it to Hattiesburg. Um, just kind of a fluke thing. Somebody asked me to be in a Miss Hospitality program. We're the only state that has that. I win Mississippi's Miss Hospitality. I travel and promote economics and tourism for the state for a year. That's when I decide I don't want to be a biochemistry major. I'm going to go to Southern Miss and I'm going to do marketing and business. I like people. Yeah. Um, you know, travel. That was the f- Miss Hospitality. Yeah, Miss Hospitality. What is that? Basically, Miss Hospitality represents the state. Okay. You work with Visit Mississippi. You promote eco- uh, economics and tourism. You try to bring visitors to Mississippi. And um, it instilled in me just like a true love for Mississippi. Um, and it really launched me. I, I say without that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Um, 
travel opened my eyes up. I didn't travel a lot as a kid. It was four of us. So I came from a very middle class okay. family. Um, it really taught me so much about myself and other people and um, and about food. How did you grow during this time? I mean, you, you talk, like what you said, you learned about yourself. But what did you learn about yourself? I learned that what I knew was so small. And travel, to me, just opened your mind up oh to gosh. a world of possibilities, a world of opportunities, a world of differences. Yeah. And to me, to see people and places differently than I originally had ever known I could see people and places, it was beautiful. It just, I, I got the bug. Is there the travel one, bug. one experience that you can, can reflect on during this time that really kind of helped broaden your perspective? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I spoke in New York. I was, you know, this 19-year-old college student that was Miss Hospitality in New York representing the state of Mississippi. And I remember um, I was so nervous. I was like, I'm going to get up and speak in front of all of these people. Am I like, it was almost like imposter syndrome. Like, am I qualified to talk to all these people? And I sat there and I listened to to my a voice in my head, basically. I talked to myself a lot. (laughs) But I remember my grandmother telling me to reach, reach for this, reach as high as you can up in the sky and you'll fall upon a star. And I was like, she would teach me, Katie, just be yourself. Mm. And I was like, you know what? In this moment, I'm just going to be myself. And it feels like so cliche. We hear it, that all the time, but there's so much truth. It's to that. so much truth to it. And I just decided that day, I was like, I'm going to be myself. And if people like that, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. But being true to yourself, you can go home at night and lay your head down on a pillow and you can sleep. And that anxiety you don't have, you're just yourself. It's so much easier to show up as yourself than something that somebody else wants you to be or uh, the the, expect, the corporate expectation of what professionalism is sometimes. Just be yourself. And especially in today's world, I feel like your people are out there and you're not limited to what's immediately you know, you, you don't want to forget about your community who was like right out your front door, but your your people are out there. So Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. They will gravitate you to you. They will find you. Yeah. So put that real version of yourself yeah. out there. I love it. So I'm in New York. I'm, I'm realizing that I love travel. This whole like whirlwind. I'm at Southern Miss um, marketing and business. I get out of school. I think I want to do pharmaceutical sales. Um, I do pharmaceutical sales for a year and decide like that's not me. Um my passion just from playing basketball in college, always being a small athlete, um, I learned very early on that food was fuel. Um, so I was a nutritionist doing nutrition for clients at a local gym, doing personal training. Um, I was loving it. A lot of people in the South just could not match the the training element with the eating right element. They were like, we can work all day, like yeah. exercising. How do I eat healthy and how does it taste good? Yeah. So I started cooking out of my home under the cottage law for a few of my clients, trying to teach them that healthy food really could taste good and it didn't have to be complicated. Um, from that, like a hundred people were trying to pick dinner up at my house. It was all on social media. I put a post, I'm, I'm making this, you can pick up at five. And then all of a sudden I've got like, I can't do this. This isn't, you know, I can't do this. I got in a commercial kitchen. It was inside of a vitamin shop. Oh, really? And yeah, so I, I started learning from the natural the natural doctor there, the naturopath and the chiropractor and from the herbalist and all that just like really just taught me. I was just immersing myself in an environment of, of learning. And um, I opened my first little place, Shine Cafe. From Shine Cafe. The, Shine Cafe. Is this? This was... Right before MasterChef, so that would be... 2015? Like, it was 2015. I literally just opened. A good friend of mine sent some flowers to, to say, congrats, Katie, on opening this. And um, it had ragweed in it, and I stayed up all night coughing. Oh. And so I got on my phone, and um, another friend of mine, weeks earlier, had sent me an audition for MasterChef. And I'm like, what? Like, no way. Like, I've never watched this show, but I can't be on a show with Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and um, 
while I was sick that night, I filled out the form. Um, the next morning, I had 19 missed calls from LA. They were like, we want you um, auditioning tomorrow, VIP. I was like, what did I put on that form? <laughs> like, I was like, what did I do? So I what? went and cooked for them, started a nine-month process of psych exams and blood test and interviews and cooking Wait, and blood psych exam. this is all for the tv show uh, yes and i was Jesus. like when i get there i'm like i think they brought the crazies to the show <laughs> like like what you know like am i crazy or am i sane you know um they were trying to pull you like, definitely have some great energy though i i see what they saw in you then and you still have it today i, I can see why they would want you to be a part of something what? like this you have Thank great you. energy but what were you like so sounds like you got into this because of your passion for wellness to energize yourself to, and were, did you start as a meal were you doing meal prep or what was like the the concept shine what was what was your angle well my i knew when i started shine i i started with the meal prep concept so this was before meal preps was like really a thing mm. meal preps have blown up in the past couple yeah. of years everywhere yeah. like it's time to find something new katie yeah um but i started with this little protein peanut butter cup and it was like a reese's peanut butter i cup. saw that on your website oh my god do you fantastic. have those here by i nature? do and yes! you can have one today I love peanut butter cups. Um, so I was like, I want to make a vegan chocolate with that's high in protein and make a peanut butter cup that's healthy. So I started doing that and I would post that I was making those and I would sell like a hundred dozen in like one minute of posting. People like loved them. And I think it was, I learned this in college, the supply demand. Mm. If they think you're going to close something and they can't have it, they, they want it even more. Yeah. And so Urgency. I was like, yeah. So I would just, I wouldn't have it available all the time. Mm. I would just like a couple of times a week post that they were going to be available. So I knew when I opened Shine with the meal prep business and the peanut butter cup business that I was going to be okay. okay. Even if I didn't do another, if I didn't serve another soul in the restaurant that day. Um, it was a really cool relationship with the vitamin shop. They were like, don't worry about rent. They were like, you're bringing in so many people to pick up meals. Just come in. And it was, so it was perfect. It was no risk. Yeah. And that's really how my concept of no risk and kind of the little, niches that i've found in the different four places that i have and i love that I'm really like, started i picked up on it immediately just to kind of paint the picture we'll get there we rolled up and i'm like where the heck are we <laughs> like this is like what and i don't mean that in a disrespectful no. way uh but it's just a testament of that scrappiness and we're literally attached to uh what is this an appliance, appliance store. store yeah yeah slash and like um furniture exactly tile yeah and i think a lot of people who get into this industry in their mind they have it that i want to be a restaurant owner i want to own a restaurant i want to own a restaurant and they think that the beginning point the starting point is signing the lease on the phys the physical space yeah that's not you start where you can i think you're such a shining example and, and get creative get outside the box yeah like, just start where you can start where you can yeah and it sounds like you did that with and this, this is even more scrappy, a vitamin shop, even more. Yeah. Like, and I think just applaud you for that. Thank um, you. Because it, it aligns with what you were trying to do. You, you were, your target market was there. Uh, just, it was a very symbiotic, seems like, yeah. relationship. So were you doing meal? Like, were you people eating in here yeah. too? Or were they just doing, were they just grab and go meals? No, I was having, I had a, a limited menu, okay. a new item, you know, every day that I was, you know, showcasing. There was, like it is in here, there was yeah. like a little area that I could demo. So I wanted, I wanted to teach people how to make healthy foods i didn't want them just to pick up for me i wanted them to understand what did that look like how did you what what, what did the day in chef katie dixon look oh like as far as like what you were doing every day you had the meal prep you had you're doing classes too you were do you, do you have people employed that were cooking while, you, while you're doing all the other stuff absolutely so it started off small yeah. i had one person that worked with me and yeah. i was working my ass off like it was you know in a lot in the restaurant industry you just got to kind of like they say 
head down, hiney up, just yeah. dig. Yeah. And that's what I felt like I did. So it was um it was a big time commitment. It was a lot of late nights. Um you know, I couldn't in the beginning I couldn't afford to have a big crew. So this like, is like right after college though, right? So you're still in your early twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um you have the energy. Have exactly. Yeah. Um and so I had one person that turned into two, that turned into three, and that now I have over forty employees. But um it's you know it it's not, like you said, it's not the typical story. I don't know that's how most people do it, but it's what worked for me. Yeah. Um, it's what made sense to me. And it so was really the, over 30 employees. I have over 40 employees now. Now, yeah. but then. Yeah. No, I had oh, started okay. with one. Got it. Started Got with it. one. Started real small. Um, Where are your 40 employees? Um, between different locations. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. the four different locations. Yeah. So um, it's it's been an exciting ride. You know, I, when I finished MasterChef and I get back and everybody's like, when are you opening like your own place? And it was a little bit of pressure, but it was good pressure. And I knew I was like, if I don't go ahead and just dive in, then I'm going to miss this opportunity. Yeah. While it's like. Everybody's wanting to see what I'm going to do. So when you took off from MasterChef, what happened to Shine? Did you did you close down? Were you like I can't do both? Or did that no, go? they they kept running. Okay. Um, so I, I at the time I opened Shine, I had one. When I left, I had three, and I simplified everything. But I can tell you, my assistant Whitney, who's like a little sister to me, she just took over and ran with it. You know, when I left, I didn't think I was going to be gone for three and a half months. I was like. I'm going to get there and be gone a couple of weeks, you know, and I'll be back. Um, but she just, she handled it all so professionally and just like I would. I, I say, I think the biggest thing that, our most important thing that I do is I'm a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of my staff, I have to teach them all of the management. You have to teach them, you know, and, and work with them and understand their needs and wants. And um, if you can become a good teacher, then you can multiply. You can, yeah. you can spread it. Other Recreate than just yourself. One yeah. 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 I love that. Um, so, when did you, you started shining in 2015, right? Yeah. And you opened three locations. When did, when did you, and that, that was all within one year? Cause you left in 2016. No, no, no. I left in 2016. When I came back, I opened Birdhouse Cafe. Oh, okay. So I opened where we are today. Um, but you had three shine locations. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. One shine right. location. Okay. Now I have four locations. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. I so open shine, left for MasterChef, you know, 20,000 people. I think it was 22,000 people auditioned nationwide. They cut us to 80. We get there with 80 of us. They cut us to 40. Wow. And um, it was just, it was an incredible, incredible journey. Um, Gordon taught us so much. He was so hands-on in the kitchen. Um, he was literally there every minute we were there. He taught us something every minute he was in the kitchen. He is definitely, um, he's made his footprint in, in my yeah. life and in my journey and inspires me in so many ways. I want to dive deeper into that, um, but I really, I, I feel like there's more we can pull out of shine and a lot of the people listening to this, I feel like are at that point where they're ready to do something yeah. and they think that they're too far away from being able to start. So like really just distill like, like things that will inspire people or empower people to do the first thing. Like what did, what was the first thing that you did and what can we do? Like you, like what can we do today to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, I think I kept it simple. So yeah. I create, I knew, like I said, with the meal prep and then the sweet treat, the protein yeah. cup, um, peanut butter cup, I knew I could, I knew I could make it mm-hmm. and I knew it was what I wanted to do. So I was like, if I can just make it, I don't have to be making tons of money. I just want to get started. So it's like a kid in a swimming class. Like some of them cry on the side and like tiptoe to get in. They eventually all get wet. Mm-hmm. Some of them just dive in. I was like, just dive in, just get in there, get dirty. You get don't need gritty. to know what you're doing because you'll it, figure it you'll out. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. If you're passionate, you're yeah. a hard worker and you stay true to your vision and you identify the need of your customer, mm-hmm. you can succeed. And I believed that. I think yeah. it was like this inner belief that I said, I know it's not going to necessarily be easy, yeah. but I can do it. So you kept it simple, but what was your strategy? What was your plan getting started? 
Um, you know, I was like, I want to, I want people to taste healthy food. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand that it can be tasty. Yeah. Like, I want them to understand that it's good. Yeah. Um. So it was getting getting people to try things. It was word of mouth. You know, I I laugh a lot of times because people talk to me about advertising, and I've been really blessed to. I really haven't had to advertise. Um. Well, word of mouth. Walls marketing. You know, I think that yeah. you're advertising like right now just by being Absolute, you, being ab- yourself. Yeah, be yourself. So, um, I got in there. I. I I grinded. I put in the work. I put in the time, the energy, the focus. I think a lot of times you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. I tell people like I'm a big dreamer. um, And I, and I've said this a million times, but like when you're a dreamer, like you have to dare to be authentically yourself. You've got to reach for the stars. The quote my grandmother gave me, you have to encourage your staff, your people, the people that are your customers, you know, um, you have to aim my heart. The hardest part for me is aiming for a target. Sometimes I can get mm. so busy. So shiny. Uh, object yeah. 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 <laughs> but I have to like have a focus. And so I have to sit down, you know, weekly, like what, mm. what, am, where am I trying to go? Why am I trying to go there? Um, what's that, what's that habit look like? What's that routine look like? Um, once a week I just have time for Katie. Um, and I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm just like, I've got to sit down. I need to narrow my focus. Where am I trying to go? What am I trying to do? Um, Robert St. John is a mentor to me, and he really helps me with that. Yeah. Like Robert St. John, shout out. Yeah, he's the reason why we're here today. Yeah. Uh, he and his team put you on our radar. We're in town to talk to Robert, and they're like, you got to talk to Katie while you're here, too. I'm so happy they introduced us. Yeah, and, and he's just been a wonderful role model yeah. to me. Um, so, so who's your mentor? He is my mentor. So when I'm aiming for success, when I'm aiming for a target, I also think you need to have someone that you can run things by mm-hmm. someone that you can bounce things off of and someone that has been there done that someone that you respect in whatever field that you're in and mine's restaurant so um i i look to him i throw things off of him a lot and i think that's super important so i i write down my goals you know for the day for the week um for the year for the future and if you don't have a direct target how are you ever going to get there mm-hmm. and so i just think it's really important to have a target have a game plan yeah um have a strategy i um, love it great stuff um so is Shine still around today? Shine, they they're still running um, the cafe inside of. It's kind of um, more like a just a lunch special. Yeah. So it's a lot smaller concept. But they do fresh juices. They have um, sweet treats. Um, it's also like a, a healthy grocery store in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they send people meat to me every day. Like yeah. they're amazing. I love them. Um, I love what they do there. But yeah, they've kept they've kept the little concept alive. Yeah. And um, I mean, the other thing I think I just want to resurface is this idea of finding those win-win situations, symbiotic yeah. situations. Uh, what do you want to do and where can you do that and help somebody else is a question to ask yourself. And for you, it was the vitamin shop yep. and you got free rent. Like yeah. how, like how awesome is like, what was the space like though? Did you have your own corner? Did you have a, like a commercial kitchen? Like yeah, there's in a the com- vitamin shop? Yeah. Then the vitamin shop, they have a, they had a commercial kitchen in the back. Wow. Um, yeah. And then we had just a space that it was probably, you know, 20 people could sit throughout I mean, the, the whole store. Com- it was very quirky. Shop, like this yeah. is quirky. It was quirky. Yeah. And that's how I knew, you know, when I finished MasterChef and I was like, I've got to open a place. I didn't want to be inside of an appliance shop. Like I was like, Ooh, I want to be in like this really cool space. That's, um, I'd fe- it's actually a coffee shop now, Mulvey's. And it was, they can do the coffee shop there, but I couldn't get a vent hood out the top. And I was oh. like, when I started looking at numbers, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I going to start out in the hole so much when I'm renting this space? And my friend Jojo that owns BNS, she and her husband, Glenn, they were like, we have all this space here. Use it. And I was like, Ugh, I don't, that's not what I want. And then I got to thinking about it. I was like, Katie, this is like so low risk. Why yeah. would you not? Yeah. If you create something that people want to come to, they will come. Yeah. Um, no matter, it People doesn't matter if it's inside of an appliance yeah, store, you know. Exactly, and um, if, if anything, that just gives you even more charm. It's almost yeah. like a, 
It's a secret. It's a secret. I think people like knowing that there's a secret. Yeah. It's like people get inside. It's kind of like you. Like you pull up and you're just kind of like, where am I? But then you get inside and you're like, I like this. I'm not going to lie. We rolled up and I was like, what did they say? I told you in the text message. I was like, just so you know, I'm inside an appliance store. I was trying to prepare you. Immediately afterwards, I was like, open mind. Okay. Open mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A little different than Robert's go on restaurants, but um, it it works. But but, but there's there's a lesson even in that. Like things aren't always what they seem, you know? and like open mind and like and I'm so happy we're here because it's it's turning out to be amazing so uh, okay so I think we can kind of I I have questions about the meal prep but you're still doing that today so I feel like that's going to come and I'm sure it's evolved since 2015 for you and how you're doing things so I'm going to hold off on that to get the best practices and what that looks like while you're doing it today so you you audition for uh, Master Chef um, you make it to the final cut you're on the show um you're you're talking about how impressive Gordon Ramsay was, and I think he kind of had a, a reputation earlier in his uh, 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 I guess uh, I don't want to say act, acting career, but his television career. Yeah, you know, he he kind of he had that persona of being kind of an asshole. Oh, he can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I think his publicist has been working with him because he, he, he kind of <laughs> changed it around recently. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he was. He was very hard on some of the contestants. Yeah. Um, he and I got along really well. I tell people he pushed me like a basketball coach did. I don't like, see how anybody can not get along with you. Right With me? Oh, God. <laughs> Catch me on a bad day. <laughs> um, so he would push me. Like, he knew he could push me. He pushed the ones he believed in. It's almost like, you know, a coach. Yeah. Like, you push the ones that you know are capable of more. Mm-hmm. And he pushed me a lot in the kitchen. And... Um, we still to this day, like he signed me with Team Ramsey. Like we were trying to work together on some projects. He reaches out with encouragement. Like just an amazing, amazing human. Um, I remember one episode. He he came and cooked beside me, and we had an hour to make one thing. And he made three dishes and started off with a cup of tea. He's he's just <laughs> it's just like and laughing the first ten minutes, cutting up with you. So he's just impressive. But he was he was very hard on some. I remember one of the. One of the girls in the kitchen came in one of the episodes with gum in her mouth, and it was like that just ticked him off. And he never, I mean, like when I say full pressure on the gas pedal, like I was like, he won't let up off her. Like he yeah. was just gonna, but, um, you know, that's his personality too. That's who he, you know, but he is a genuinely amazing good human. He does so many good things for so yeah. many people. Generally, how was your experience with the TV, like that, that, that route? I know I've heard some crazy stories yeah. of people who just had a really bad experience. Yeah. Was that the case with you too? No, it- absolutely. It, it wasn't. You know, I walked into the kitchen. I said, Katie, you're going to be yourself and you're going to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those that I think like, if you stop learning, you just need to go ahead and just, just go on, yeah. you know, yeah. early game grade. over. Game over. Yep. So I, I love learning. Um, and I said, these chefs, obviously, that I'm going to be working with on this, they know things that I've never had the opportunity to learn. So I'm going to go in, immerse myself. I'm going to learn. I'm going to come back and teach. Okay. And so that was just, that was where my brain was going in. And, um, you know, I knew that my level of expertise, like I'm very, um, I, I love the health. I love that, that side of it. And, and that's what they cast me for. And then we get in the kitchen and the producers come to me and they're like, Katie, we want you to be the Southern chef. Like, quit talking about healthier. We're not going to like, we're well, not going to. that's gonna- the kind of stuff that I'm talking about yeah. where they try to tell you who yeah. to be. Yes. And it's just like, go, f- go- part of my language. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, no, like I was like, well, then don't, don't put me on TV. Like, Good for you. Because I'm, and I think that's the reason Gordon and I really connected because yeah. he really respected the fact that I was staying true to myself. That's the one people have told me I should go. I'm like, I cannot do that. Yeah. I don't want to be what they want me to yeah. be. And, well, I, and I can't be what they want me to be. But I think that's the thing that like I want 
the viewers to hear today, like stay true to you because in that moment you may not win. I made top six and it was wonderful experience for me and I made lifelong friends and the, the impact that it made on me changed my journey forever. But afterwards I picked up contracts with Neiman Marcus as a spokesperson for their, you know, just being yourself campaign and the opportunities that came from staying true to me were more than winning master chef would have ever been. And so I, I truly believe in telling people stay true to you and your beliefs and you will go much further in this life than ever trying to be a second rate version of yourself for someone else. Great message. I love it. Thank you so much for getting into that. Um, any other lessons you learned about yourself during the master chef period? You made it to number six. Yeah. I mean, out of how many people to start though? 4,000 you said? 22,000 auditions. They brought 80 and, um, we had a head to head battle to get into the kitchen and, you know, I ended up being there three and a half months and it was, it was just an incredible, incredible experience. I went home. It's funny. In 60 minutes, we had to make a, um, chocolate, uh, cheesecake, a white chocolate eclair and a, uh, milk chocolate lava cake, which d- desserts and following a recipe is not my thing. Like, it's just not my thing. I make healthy desserts. You give me anxiety. So that Gordon at the end says, um, he stops and it's just three of us in the kitchen competing. And he's, and one of the three of us was the guy that won. And he was like, do y'all, do y'all need 10 extra minutes on the clock? This is a really hard challenge. And the guys were struggling behind me. I could yeah. hear them. And I was like, I got this in the bag. Yeah. I don't need 10 minutes. Yeah. So they both vote 10 extra minutes. I'm like, nope. He was like, really? I was like, nope. And then I didn't get the white chocolate on top of the eclair. Oh, man. And so I went home because I ran out of time after he asked <laughs> it all 10 more minutes. So like it haunted me in my dreams for like weeks. And I was like, you know, it's kind of funny. I went out on that and yeah. just taught you, you know, sometimes that hard head it's not it's not great sometimes it works to your advantage but i was just like nope i've got this everything happens for a everything reason. everything happens for a reason and what was going on like how was so your business was still going in the background even though you were gone for three months yeah so it was going on in the background um they did a wonderful job just um they were so proud of me for yeah. going to be honest like i have to say like the state of mississippi has encouraged and just supported me in every way possible throughout my journey like i can't thank them enough um People that I knew friends were coming in and helping and just making sure that things were running well. So, like, without the support of everyone, I wouldn't have been able to make it. But they truly, like, rose up and just, they helped. And um, so I came back. Everything was running great. That's when everybody's, like, ready for me to do something bigger. So that's when this happened, Birdhouse Cafe. Um, And we just, we started rolling the ball at that point. It was like, all right, here we go. And I knew I had to do um, what I was, you know, a healthy restaurant here. And at the time, there was... There was nothing in Hattiesburg. I think, I think this is a healthy. good spot to take a break to think a sponsor. And we'll be right oh, back. Let's do it. And we'll pick up the conversation. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-Day Pilot Program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals. 
recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. Restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back, and you were just telling us about how um, you know how you started with Birdhouse after finishing up with MasterChef, so take it from there. So I, I start with Birdhouse, and I'm like, goodness, like it was a little stressful. I was like, I don't, I don't know that this concept is going to work here. You know, like, are people going to come eat healthy food in, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? And I had my little taste with Sean, and they loved it, but it was inside of a vitamin shop. It was a very familiar crowd that loved healthy foods. But, like, is the bigger population going to come eat healthy foods? And so I created a menu that had, you know, some some traditional Southern stuff. So, like, it seemed familiar, but with a healthy spin on it. And then I had my things that I wanted people to reach further to try. Like, okay, I liked this, and so now I'll try this. Um, and it worked. Like, I was like, I know if I don't create, though, a culture that I'm proud of and what I'm passionate about, it's going to fail on my mm. end. And I would rather it fail from a customer not walking in than fail from my mm. end. Um, so we launched. It's been a success. Of course, COVID was really hard, but, yeah. I mean, we made it through it. Well, think about what – I mean, do you mind getting into numbers? Is that something that you – like? Like you said, the, one of the cool things about the spot is the low risk. Right. Like, what is your rent here? Is your rent? Yeah, it it is very minimum. It's a hundred. It's under a thousand dollars a month. So, yeah. So yeah, it, uh, it has all in. Yeah. All in. Exactly. So the point being, like, if you were in someplace else and you got that brick and mortar, that standalone location, that would have been two thousand bucks a month. Like, would you have made it? You know, probably uh, through, but through COVID you, times, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, th- like this is what happens when you keep your your you know your your liabilities low, right? Absolutely, no, I wouldn't have in the early yeah. years. It, it would, you know, I, I barely. When I tell you, it started with like pennies to turn a profit. That's like really where I started. Mm. So, um, I you know I started slow. I started smart. I feel like by the low risk, um, because it's like you can actually that stress, um, that having a higher rent brings. I didn't have that on me. I was able to have fun. I was able to enjoy what I was doing. I was able to take risk in other areas, maybe with some dishes or, um, you know, traveling somewhere to try something new to get to experiment with. Like that, those kind of risks to me um, are more important to mm-hmm. um, to really just like bring new ideas into the cafe. So I was able to, um, you know, not have that anxiety over me that a lot of people with a higher rent. I have lots of friends who are chefs. I mean, I had a guy on Food Network Star with me that told me his rent in New York. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's I was like, you like, how do you even deal with that at the beginning of every month? Like, I, I just don't do well with that stress on me. So at, in that moment of realizing like the low risk um, was really where I function best. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I've tried to duplicate. Is it in my because other the pressure is not there, so you, you you don't have the pressure, so you can just be yourself, and yeah. you don't have to overextend. Or, you, but what is it that you think makes you operate ideally in in that that place of just low risk? Um, well, you know, you don't have that that pressure. You don't have um, that weight of feeling like what if what if I don't produce mm-hmm. enough? What's going to happen? Um, 
And for me, it was just like, I know I can, $1,000 a month, you know, like, I know I can produce that. Like, yeah. I, I, I knew with my sweet treat line and my meal prep, like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And that's even walking into Birdhouse. I was like, if I can keep the, the meal prep program going and I can keep the, the sweet treats going, I'm going to be fine. Got it. Um, so, Birdhouse 2017, you're going strong for a year. You're building business. You're now in this location uh, as of 2017. And you said, you know, I didn't get enough of that TV experience. Yeah. I want, I want some more. Um, you audition again for next food. Ne- ne- what is it? Food uh, network star. Yeah. yeah. Network star. What was like, how did that all happen? Um, they actually reached out to me and, um, it was right. It was very soon after birdhouse had opened. And I was like, how in the world am I going to yeah. leave this? Like That's what I'm wondering, it was, um, literally, um, Taylor, my head chef, she was like, I've got it. I want you to go. And I was like, my daughter was like, I want you to go. You know, at the time, the little one wasn't old enough to really understand. But um, I was like, okay, I guess like this opportunity has come. I need to seize it. And so I went and um, it was hard. It was it was hard being able to operate birdhouse from being away. But, you know, just communication was key. Um, Teaching my staff like what they really needed to know um while I was away um was was key and I just trusted that it was going to be okay I was like it's going it's going to be okay did you want next food network sir is that something that you wanted or do you think you were doing because other people wanted it for you no I think food network star was a little different than master chef um you get to have like your personality shows a little bit more through you're getting to talk you're getting to be on camera because it's basically whoever wins is then going to have their, have their own, own show, show. Yeah. and that felt, what would you have done if you got your own show and you had this going on? would you have given up on this absolutely not okay. no 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 I wouldn't have given up on this this yeah. was just my baby so um you know it felt more me and mm-hmm. it felt like I was really supposed to do it I was like I also feel like a lot of the people who have supported me around Mississippi like they really support me going and doing things like that and they find joy in watching me go compete and represent Mississippi and um it just felt right. That's, yeah. the, that's you know, it was kind of like one side of my brain was telling me, like, Katie, you're crazy for going and doing this, but it felt right. Yeah. And I go with my gut a lot. You talked about your gut earlier when we were talking, and, you know, another quote I've heard people say is, like, you can have everyone in the industry telling you something's right, but if your gut tells you no, you've got to listen to it. Yeah. And um, for me, I go with my gut a lot. I go with, with my emotion. I go with my gut. I go with a feeling, which I know a lot of businesses don't do like they want like if hard numbers look one way then it's like this is the way we need to go and And for the record your gut isn't really your gut talking to you it's your it's the low road part of your mind the subconscious part of your mind that's there that we're not quite aware of that's constantly collecting data that's constantly you're feeding it information and it it knows more than you realize and uh, it's probably good that we don't know what's going on underneath all that because we'd probably live in a world of anxiety all the time thinking. But like, it's talking to you. It's letting you know. It, it's steering you. And yeah. you've got to listen to it. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, it, it is not your stomach. It is literally it's, your brain. It's your brain. Yeah, it's your brain talking. <laughs> yeah. And um, that that's one big thing that like, and sorry I'm spinning off, but um, your health and your gut mm-hmm. and your brain like the, what you eat and put in your body and in your gut, your gut balance affects it's your brain. Connected. So like, that's the part of food that... I absolutely love. Yeah. Like just that that balance between the two. I love that. And the difference it can make. I love that. So uh did you know what your show would have been if you had one food networks are or in the next food networks are? Yeah, it was it was Southern Dishes with a healthy twist and um, you know, with basically pulling like I've traveled to over twenty different 
countries and like pulling things from different places I'd traveled to and spices into Southern cooking um, was was the was the plan. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, so where where did you end up with uh, the next Food Network? Sir, when, when ended f- up happening? I finished top five. Um, I felt like I went home a little early with that one, but um, what happened? You know. I, they loved me. I can honestly say that. Like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I really thought the guy that won and I would be in the final two. Um, there, my season, they started with someone from past seasons would come back and compete. So they actually had two former Food Network stars come back in the kitchen and compete. Um, loved both of them. Winners of the show? They weren't winners, but they had been on the show and finished, like, Got top five. Got it. Um, and one of the girls... Amy was from Texas, like super Southern as well. Same kind of thing on MasterChef happened. There was two of us left kind of in the top eight that were very similar. And um, she had a really, really good night. Mine wasn't the worst night, in my opinion. Like mine was actually pretty good. But it was like both of us could not remain in top four. They just did not want two similar personalities. Uh. And I think I got sent home. I mean, like I really think it came down to that. Like. I know 100% my dish was not the worst that night. Yeah, well, that's kind of some of the stuff that this is why, and I mean, I don't like to throw in shade. No. That's not what I'm trying to do. But there's a level of production that there's things that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons why I just, it's not for me. It's something that I I wouldn't encourage people to necessarily do. But if it's for you, it's for you. Right. But just know, I've heard so many horror stories that people have had on the show of like, what you see isn't always what is actually happening. Right. Uh, And and you have to know that going in. Yeah. Um, And like, are you willing to do that? Um, I think it's something to be aware of. Oh, 100%. Because you can get crushed. Like, because you could be the the best the better option but yeah. if it doesn't work well with their plan, plan right then sorry and you're I, not the winner right and i'm i am throwing shade right yeah, now that's i fine. can't help it sorry that's fine. <laughs> I, it's same thing on MasterChef. i got you know they killed me on my fried chicken dish because yeah. i made a healthy fried chicken dish and one of the top three had raw chicken and he stayed and he when he when we finished the show he actually wrote about it because he felt so guilty as yeah. someone that got pushed through you know, knowing that that they're episode... they're part of the bigger plan. The bigger yeah. Plan. So they know yeah. who's going to win. Yes, and they were like, you have to take that down now. Yeah. You know, and it's like, really? Like, Can't that was the truth. Like, wait. Gordon Ramsay's like, fucking raw chicken, you know? But then they don't show that, and then yeah. they show, Katie, you're wait, from the South. Did, and so you, did he win? He didn't win. And they still told me he had to take it down? Yeah, they still... He was top three, though. They, they made so him take it down. So what is it that makes it that they can actually tell you to do that is it because of the paperwork you sign where you can't talk shit i guess you can't share certain information that's different than the way the show shows it that is the hardest part about being on there and that's the reason i say if you stay true to yourself that basically says i get to share everything that we just talked about today (laughs) i guess that's why i'm not cut out for that world but um i don't know it just it just feels uh good for you for being able to do that i I don't know like it's it's I think there's definitely benefits there because it helps. Definitely helps get your brand out there. Like, oh, absolutely. What are the pros? Oh, the pro- definitely. Like, and I, I say this, you know, being from a small state or from a smaller state like Mississippi, some of my friends, um, you know, that were on the show that were in New York, they were like, we never got even really promoted. Whereas in Mississippi, like, it was a big deal. Like, Katie Dixon on MasterChef, and my story ends up in New York Times. Like, the support that, a state like Mississippi gave me and like the recognition and what are you going to do? Like it was huge. So for me, it launched my career mm-hmm. for me. It, you know, I, I had relationships pros. with yeah. Neiman Marcus. I was, I was doing um, all these events 
Like it was crazy. I didn't have someone like calling people trying to book things. I had something all the time somebody was yeah. contacting me to do. Yeah. So it ju- it just launched me. It put me in touch with people that just wanted to you know interview me or tell my story. Um, it was it was just a really it was a cool for me. It was more way more pro than con. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, I'm sure it helped your business with just awareness of who you are locally. Yeah. You know, a local star. And like, I want to, like people, I saw you on TV. I want to support mm-hmm. your business. I'm, I'm sure all that comes back around there. There's a lot of benefit and associated then with that. And the free advertising. I mean, yeah. like somebody was always writing something yeah. or, you know, interviewing. So it was like people knew about Birdhouse without me having to promote. Promote. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, so. 2017, you ra- or 2018, you wrap up the next Food Network star. You come back. Your focus now is again on Birdhouse. You have all this extra promotion and awareness about what you're trying to do. Uh, where are you when you come back? What's going on? What's 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 your focus? What's what's happening? Um, I started traveling a lot, doing events. So I would do um, like Austin, Texas. I would go and do like events with Lululemon and cook um, for like launch parties. And I would I would fly, you know, to San Diego. And I was I was doing. Uh, you know, just big events, corporate events. So that became something that as my name, people were starting to recognize. I started, um, agents would call and say, hey, we want to connect you with so-and-so. So I started traveling a lot pre-COVID. Okay. Um, At this point, Shine's no longer around, sh- right? Yeah. They're, it's, they're, I, I'm, you sold it. They're, um, they're just running it like the vitamin shop is. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's there, just, but you're not involved. I'm not involved um, other than just being a happy customer. So when you launched Birdhouse uh, after uh, MasterChef and in between... The Master Chef and the next Food Network star. Um, was it now at this point? Like, where was your what was your role, at Birdhouse? If you're on the road doing all this other stuff, do you have somebody that you delegated to kind of run the day to day? Yes. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, Taylor, my head chef, she was multitasking and doing the day to day and the the head chef position. She had a lot of responsibility. She loved her responsibilities. Um, I really listened to her needs and what she needed. She was very happy playing that role and learning and growing. Um, she eventually wanted to end up in New York, and that's what she did. So she was on Chopped and just amazing humans. So she grew. I think a lot of people are afraid to lose key players. And my motto is if you value um, your employees and you know their needs and where they want to go and you can help them get there, they're always going to be happy while you have them. Yeah. And so, um, and they'll, they'll, I mean, I think that stuff comes back around. You mm -hmm. don't know how you can't track it. Right. But they're going to recommend somebody Mm -hmm. to you or somebody will just, you know, it it just comes back. You just have to trust that it's going to come back. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, So with Birdhouse, what did you do? Because now this is your second attempt or not attempt, but your second go at because you had a successful attempt with Shine, but you, you just moved on from that. Yeah. You had a, a chance to do it again. Did you do anything differently, better? From- oh, yeah. When Shine was like very small, very limited. Um, and I knew it was like my little baby that it was a, a temporary spot. And when I went in, they knew it was going to be a temporary spot yeah. for me. So I left it where they were able to continue on with what we had created, but also them promoting me into doing something bigger and, and something that was just my own. Okay. Um, so birdhouse happened um it grew and grew like you know we we have the meal prep service we have the sweet treat line the catering the the cooking classes in the open kitchen um it just continued to grow and evolve and um that was the beautiful thing about it like as i learned we would grow i would i would pivot and change i would um, bring new menu items in i would work with the local farmers to see what i could what i could use and produce that was here you know grown locally um i started doing pop-up events um, in other places and 
that's really how my second location, Birdies and Jackson, happened in the food hall. I was like, I don't really know. I feel like I'm going to be stretched too thin by trying to be in another location. But but really trusting the fact that when I went to Food Network Star that someone could handle Birdhouse Cafe. And then as I traveled that my staff could handle it. It gave me the courage to say, you know what? I can try this. I can do this. What elements did your business have that was able to bear the load of you being gone and it was still going aside from the people we talked about the people that you delegated to but what else did it have that let it run without you being around you know this place has always just had an energy and 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 i think a uniqueness in the fact of what we what i tried to build from the ground up is just a place that people enjoyed being in a place that people felt better leaving than when they arrived um and people they just loved it and supported it so um I, I know I go back to the people a lot, but they're really who what pushed me through. Yeah. How are your systems? Um, you know, early on, I didn't really have a rhyme or reason to anything. I just worked. It was yeah. like gritty. And I told the Mississippi Restaurant Association, I was like, you know, I started and I didn't know anything. Like, I don't even, after the first year, I was like, I don't even know how I made this work. Like, I really don't. Other than just, I had a passion and I worked really hard because it didn't make rhyme or reason. It didn't make sense. You know, then I started bringing in, I have... I have a guy named Steven that um, he works meal preps for me, but he's also just like a numbers guru. I like numbers a lot too myself. Very important. And I started putting people in place as I could financially, you know, do so that I was like, okay, they're really good at this. So not only do I have a manager or a head chef, I've got someone that's in looking constantly at the numbers, Mm -hmm. what needs to change, what needs to stay, what needs to go. The things on a daily basis. We're saying what needs to stay and what needs to go. You're talking like uh, menu items? Menu items sometimes. Um, um, you know, just programs, programs. Yeah. And, um, cause you have a lot of programs. I think that's one thing that I'm curious about is like, what, what are these systems? Like how, like how did you build this? Cause it's almost like your business has appendages, yes. you know, and different channels of revenue coming in. And the reason being is because if you, you know, if you, you know, staffing is a hard issue for a lot of places, especially through COVID. If you have someone always doing something, so if there aren't bodies in the cafe, but you can use those same employees and they can make your protein balls for your protein line or your peanut butter cups as they're doing now, um, then, then you're actually um, utilizing those same staff members and they're not just sitting on the clock, you know, not having something to do. They're doing something else for a different, you know, appendage. Yeah. So, um, and then with the meal prep program, our, our, our daily detoxes, our juicing plans, like there's always something else that can be done. So, w- so you're using one space yeah. with the same employees. Let's dive into each one of these. Okay. Advantages. So uh, we have the full service meal prep program. We have the healthy sweet uh, treats menu, uh, private dining, events and catering. Did, did it go in this order as far as like when you have it listed on your website? Is that the evolution of the business? So did you start as the full meal prep program? Yes, that's okay. where I started. That and the sweet treats. Were you a cafe? Because you're also, I, I could come in and order food. Yeah, right? absolutely. So is it food off the menu or is it food, is the, is the, is the meal prep the same as the menu? Absolutely or? not. So okay. our, our meal prep program, it didn't start this way, but what it is now, I basically have a 12-week rotating menu. So every single week, um, we have a different menu. And okay. every 12 weeks, it rotates. So we have five dinner and options. this is the cafe or the meal prep? The meal prep. Got it. You have five options for your dinners. You have breakfast and snack options. You can order a la carte. 
um, or you can order, um, you know, a three-day meal plan, a five-day meal plan. So that's our meal plan program. That's constantly evolving. It's different than birdhouse cafe menu. We have our birdhouse cafe menu that the employees just, you can walk up and order. You can order online through, you know, Grubhub, any of the, the companies that deliver. We have a catering menu. Um, and then we also have like a detox, like one day, two day, three day reset, which is a plant based. It comes with some juices, some meal prep. Um, and that is something else you can order. Okay. So it's, it's a lot of different, I know it's a lot of different revolving parts, but it makes, it makes sense. And it makes sense to use one space here at Birdhouse to create that and then also be able to bring to the other locations. So let's get into the strategy of why you have this revolving plan and how to get started. Like, what do you need? If somebody's looking to do this, what's your advice to them? How do you set that up? Um, I say start simple. So start with a focus. So mine was meal prep. Mm-hmm. So I grew from meal prep. So I was like, meal prep is successful. It is established. It is working. I'm going to add something else on. Once I got that system down, I got meal prep system down and rolling and people loved it. And I, all the quirks worked out of it. Which is constantly evolving still. Yeah, you have yeah. to constantly keep up. But 1% better every day. 1% better every day. That was established. Then not only the peanut butter cup, but I started a complete protein line. So like it was a complete sweet treat line. So I started adding on, okay, they love the peanut butter cups. Okay, now they love the chocolate chip protein ball. Now let's add the vegan cheesecake bite. Um, so everything's kind of bite-sized. Okay. So that grew next. So it grew from just the peanut butter cup to like a and full line of sweet treats. And this is something that you can order when you come into the cafe Absolutely. or you can have it uh, added on to your meal prep. Absolutely. So like you have your rotating 12-week uh, uh, cycle yep. and then, oh, I also want some uh, protein Proteins. balls. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what are the basic things that you need to start a meal prep? Is it just a physical space that's basically has the certificate that you're allowed to produce food here? Absolutely. You yeah. just need a commercial kitchen. And, um, and, it, I, and I you're cooking proteins? You're not doing proteins here, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have the hood here? Yeah. Okay. It's it's flush. I did uh, that so when we're ever filming, demoing, it's a flush hood. So okay. It's, yeah, so it's a little different. Um, but yeah, we do proteins here. So we have chicken, salmon, um, shrimp, pork, you know, everything for meal prep. We cook a lot of meats for now, meal prep. is the majority of that storefront the physical storefront or is it more digital presence um i would say probably digital okay so what do we need to know about that what elements do we need to like what is the housing of the the digital what are the digital assets you need to do this you know honestly you can just have a really nice phone you don't have to have like it doesn't have to be complex to start with um for as a far really as nice di- phone yeah like to, you got to record stuff you got to put your stuff out there you got to get on social media you've got to um you got to tell people what you have, you know, you have to showcase that, um, you need, um, you know, customers sharing what you do. So you um, have a website. Yeah. With a website. You have a website. Um, you go to the website. Uh, is there like, how do I, I'm a, I'm a new customer. I heard about your mail plans. Mm-hmm. What is the, what's the experience? Um, we basically walk people through that, whether it's on the phone, whether it's a customer in, in person, we say, Hey, click on chef you're going to see our meal prep program on there. Click on that, fill out the form, submit it, and you can pick up every Monday. Um, Do you we deliver also, or you we, just pick up? We deliver as well. Um, so there's delivery options on that. That's something that I had to, you know, I'm terrible with anything with a computer. So <laughs> I hired out somebody to build out all that for me. Um, in the early stages, actually, I hired a girl to do um, photography, all my, um, anything that 
website based. Um, I, I'm just not good at it. So I hired somebody out to actually do all that for me. Kate Dearman. She lives in Nashville. She's amazing. Um, she's actually who produced my cookbook with me as well. Um, it was baby steps. Like people are like, how did you, how did you do this cookbook? How are you doing this website? And I'm like, I had to have someone help me. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to it's do It's important that. to know your, your lane. You oh. know, you don't have to be, you know, this is something I struggle with sometimes. I'm always like, I don't know. I can't do that. I'm not going to, like, that's not my lane. I'm like, well, I'm yeah. like, you don't have to be the person to do it. You just need to know who can do it and yeah. surround yourself with those people. Absolutely. Uh, and you create those win-win situations. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you have the website. That's where people can buy into the program. Yep. Are you using Stripe and things like that? Yeah, I use Stripe. Okay. Um, so um, you can customers pay ahead for their meal prep and they just pick up or we deliver. We also deliver to other locations um, as far as in Slidell, Jackson and soon to be Destin. Um, but yeah, so we have the Stripe account. We have the website. The website also houses like the sweet treat line as well as you can order the cookbook. So I send everybody back to the website. Yeah. Just that's the one stop shop. So you got that humming and you yeah. say, how can I add on to this? What's next? And that's when you start building your other lines, your protein balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we need to know about that? You know, you can create a product that's really, really good that people love. And like I said, the supply and demand is how I started it. Um, but then people just became addicted to these things. They love them. Create yeah. something tasty and people want it, especially when it's healthy. Um, people are like, I love the way this tastes. I love the way this makes me feel. I want this. And so the protein line just grew from there. We are um, figuring out all the background mechanics right now to figure out how to get these shippable so that's one thing that's in the product like trying we're trying to get to that point right now with the shipping so hopefully it'll be shippable really soon um another thing that's out of my element so i'm having to bring in people to like help me with that it's definitely grown a little at a time it it didn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. um uh okay so you aren't doing the um so right now we're talking about the healthiest we're not talking are these considered the healthiest sweet treats menu the peanut about, butter cups, yeah. protein balls. Yeah. yeah okay. All those are, yeah. yeah. Uh, when did you start thinking about private dining and event and catering? Or was that something that you were always doing in the background? Um, the the in-house, like, come in and eat was from day one of Birdhouse. And it was from day one of Shine Cafe. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's not a big space. Um, it's not really, over, it can be overwhelming at times. It gets kind of crazy in here sometimes. Yeah. But um, that's probably, the in-house seating is probably it's bringing in um, less revenue than anything else. Okay. Um, it's more for like the environment. The um, It just makes me happy to see people in here eating yeah. healthy. Um, but it's the least valuable player for sure. Okay. Um, so, but were you doing private dining and were you doing the catering uh, while all this other stuff was going on? Or is that something you started doing later? I started doing that later. So okay. we started doing events. Um, you could rent out the space um, for events for private dining. Um I didn't, so this space for private yeah dining. this Got space it. for private dining. Um, do you do on-site catering? I do them? on-site okay. catering as well, um, and that all started, I would say, when I got back from Food Network Star. All okay. of that started, so it wasn't before that. Is that a big chunk of your business, or is it the primary? Is your business primarily the the meal prep program? Um, meal prep program is definitely the primary, but catering is a big chunk of it as well. Okay, a big chunk. Um, what were your challenges, if any, with getting that started? With the catering? Yeah. You know, with catering, it's just letting people know that you're offering that. Mm-hmm. It's it's going in locations. It's meeting people face-to-face. It's bringing them in samples of what your product is. It's, um, you know, for me, that's that's the way I launched myself into the catering business. If it's if it's going to the local hospital, if it's meeting um, pharmaceutical reps that are, that are catering for the hospital, if it's, you know, 
a big business in town, I would just go talk face to face with them, let them know my product, and I believed in my product. Guerrilla marketing. So, yep. Get yep. out there. Get out there. Hugging babies or whatever it is. Yeah. Baby shaking yep. hands. Just getting out there. Yeah. You know, it was you know it was farmers markets. It was um, anything that I could get in front of people and show them the product that I was offering. I love that. Yeah. Um, any we have the cooking classes too. When did you start? Was that like after the catering? You know, when I came back from from Master Chef, really, everyone was like, "We want you to teach us what you learned." And so it just really started from that. It was like fun corporate events where people would come in and say, "Hey, we have forty employees. We want you to teach us to make something for our Christmas party." And it just it blew up. Everybody's right. like, "They're seeing your picture on Facebook." Oh, oh, you you did a catering. I mean, you like taught them to cook in the cafe. That happens right here. Yeah, right here. Oh, that's cool. And so um, on the weekends, a lot of times, or after we close, and um, people just loved it. It was so much fun having people in the kitchen, learning, laughing, just enjoying themselves. Because at the at the root of it all, I want to to teach people how to make healthy things. Yeah. And uh, how do you manage that? The, the cooking classes, do you have, is that part of the website where you just kind of, do you have an emailing list it, where you, yeah, they just directly email from the website. Hey, I'm interested in a cooking class. And so do, we do you just there. when you get people that say they're interested or do you have like, like monthly reoccurring like blocks? Yeah, we have monthly reoccurring COVID changed a lot of that for a while. We're just getting back really started with offering that again. A lot of kids cooking classes. Okay. Um, how often do you do the classes? Um, once a month. Okay. Yeah. And is it, so is it a different class every month targeted for different people? Yes. Okay. Um, and like I said, I love teaching kids. I work with, um, the school systems in, in Mississippi, as far as teaching, um, from the ground up kids, how to create healthy habits. And you learn a lot of times that kids are more apt to changing than adults. Yeah. Adults are like creatures you, of habit and you, they don't change a lot. So those habits early. Yes. So we learned that actually teaching the kid to change a habit they actually would teach the parents to change a habit or okay. request or ask for something is, different. Is there anything we need to know uh, that you learned the hard way if you want to do classes, things that like that are best practices or things you should avoid because you learned that this isn't the best way to do it? Absolutely. I'm a yes person. Yeah. Um, I say yes to everything. And I had to learn the hard way that like I was physically, mentally, spiritually like wearing myself out. Well, I mean, look at all these different elements of your yeah. business, and from the like from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem to be like a massive. Um, you said you have people working for you, but they're yeah. spread out. Yeah. So it seems like a lot for one person it, to, to manage all that. It is a lot for one person. Yeah. I have to say, like people tell me all the time, you make it look so easy. I'm like, it's not easy. <laughs> like I don't want to. Um, I don't want to act as if it's easy. It's not easy. I have put the right people in the right places, but I had to get someone that actually responded to all emails. My assistant came along after that. So like okay. I actually had a life game changer for me. Um, I did a program called passions of the palate. They have a different chef come in for the marketing students every year at Southern Miss. And the girl that was over that at Southern Miss her senior year, um, we worked together very closely for that event and afterwards, she said, until I graduate, I would love to work for you at Birdhouse. So she worked for me here at Birdhouse. She moved to Dallas after graduation. Um, she started working for Six Flags Marketing. She reached out to me and was like, Katie, I want to be your assistant. Like, she reached out to me. She was like, I know a lot of people, like, you probably wouldn't trust with everything, but you know I know you inside out. Like, I get you. Um, this would really, like, launch me into building my portfolio. Um, we could start this for... A reasonable price. I'm making money. I'm building my portfolio. I could do it by the hour. Um, it just worked. When she took that load off of my plate, mm. as far as being able to respond to customers, being able to do all the little things that tied me down that really wasn't worth, like my time wasn't val being valued, like spent doing that, like the busy stuff. 
it took I, I it was like freed freeing um when I finally got to the point that I could afford to hire that and um she's still my assistant it's worked out beautifully she responds to people in a way that I would I completely trust her with everything she makes my life so much easier um and she is able to whereas I like try to find a way to make things work always because I'm always thinking of the customer she handles in a way business-wise that makes more sense like Mm. she takes the emotion behind Katie out and is like you can't do that I have your schedule right here you can do this. So I think this is an element uh, having a personal assistant mm-hmm. that more people in the restaurant industry should and could leverage. Yes. Why don't you think they do? I think it's really hard for like the type personality that comes with a business owner, with a, with a chef, to actually let trust people to do the things that they're used to doing and to let go of some of the control. Mm. Um, for me, I think for so long, I didn't think someone else could do it the way I could do it and I could do it better. But if it's spending my just my wheels were just spinning so hard that I was wearing myself out to a point of I wasn't doing a good job with the things mm-hmm. I was doing it's time to let somebody else help yeah so <laughs> when you bring this person on what's that process of letting go look like what did it look like for you where did you start you know I started small she was like these are the things that I know immediately I can help you with these mm-hmm. are the things we're going to work what do those things look like you know in the beginning it was responding to emails it was um taking over the meal prep system from the back end, creating a spreadsheet basically that just, it took little things off of me that she would just email me straight the numbers that I needed. So it sounds like you would identify what she could handle, what, what made sense, what, what mm-hmm. don't you need to do? Right. What can you do? And it also sounds like she helps you build systems around this. She does. And then, and, and as well, like anything booking wise, like if I'm going to say yes to doing this event, she handles everything around it. Okay. okay travel, hotel, um, Anybody want to be a, an assistant for restaurant? Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. She hey, probably would. Restaurantstoppable.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tune in. Yeah. So uh, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that's okay. So she just makes my life easier. And, you know, it was it was hard to let go. It was hard to let go of the things that I thought that I was doing so well. And actually, I had to learn that I wasn't doing them so well. There were, you know, there were emails sometimes that would sit for longer than they needed to sit to respond to people. I yeah. missed out on some opportunities because I, I didn't see it. This is resonating a little too closely to me right now. Yep. Yeah, no, but you get so overwhelmed with like just the, the visioning, the planning, and mm-hmm. just all the little busy stuff, the mm-hmm. commitments that you do, and then your email just gets, keeps building, building, yes. and you think like, that that's going to take energy. I'm going to wait to answer that one. Yeah, and before you know it, you have the stack of like important emails that and you need a week to go through them yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally can relate to that so it's identifying what don't i need to do what can be delegated and how do we make sure what i'm being delegated gets done the same way every time right okay anything else um she has been the biggest asset that that she has been a clutch in a key player even um you know with like we rebranded she she found the person that helped us rebrand. She handled all of it. We got on calls together. Once she knew what my vision was and what I wanted, I just had to okay the big things. Yeah. So even like the rebrand, um, because I had so many different elements in so many different places, I wanted to bring it all under one umbrella, which is Nourished by KTE, which is Nourished by Katie. Um, she helped bring all that together. When it came to you know, menus um, design, she helped bring all that together. So some of the little things that just take me a long time to do, she took off my plate, yeah. which is beautiful. Um, and the, I think the other cool thing about this too is you're helping somebody build a portfolio. Absolutely. And I personally love uh, working with people who are just getting started. I think when, I, when I'm saying this, and Jared, 
he's listening to this right now. Uh, when Jared started working with Restaurant Unstoppable, he literally had never worked with a podcast before. Yeah. Uh, but I knew that he had a passion for uh, like just video and like just the, the, the digital world. And I, I just, I don't know why, but I knew he could handle it. Also, I worked with Jared for a really long time and I knew that he just was this attention to detail kind of yes. person and like nothing got past him. Yeah. If there was a way something was supposed to be done. If it wasn't being done that way, he would, you could see the, like the, <laughs> the, 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 the wheels cranking and just yeah. like, like the cogs is getting like messed up. He's like, this isn't right. Yeah. But that's exactly what you need. And what you needed. Yeah. What I need. And I was like, we're different. Yeah. That's good. In a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. And I I think that hits something like you have to find the people that are different than you. I don't need somebody just like me working for me. I need the people that pull out all my weaknesses and they are the strong one for that weakness. Yeah. And the other cool thing too is like, they don't have to work for you. Yeah. You can create a situation where they work with you. Yeah. And like I encourage Jared to like build his own business yes. where he had his own EIN. He's his own business. And I and, and like honestly, you really want to do that because when you know, you gotta be legal. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. unless you like I, I think it's better to to encourage other people to start their own businesses and, and then to be I'm their first. I'm going to give you a high five. Yeah. Like, I love, that's then, my heart too. Yeah. And then you become their first yeah. customer, yeah. right? And then in it's it can be really powerful, yeah. and um, I think a lot of people think they need to hire people, but you contract out you and you and you help other people build what they what they are supposed to do. Absolutely, and it, there's something rewarding about that, mm-hmm. and you can grow together. Absolutely, yeah. and the the girl that I found that's a good for, dear friend of mine now, Kate Dearman, that um, you know, did my website and and shot all my my food photos. I saw her um on social media, and it was all like um moody um no food pictures. It was all um, like bands and artsy, real artsy stuff. And I met her and at a coffee shop and I was like, wait, you're like 22. <laughs> I think she was like 24, but I was like, you're a baby and I'm fixing to trust you with all this. But something I just knew worked. I was like, she was like, I've never shot food. I was like, I don't care. Like, I love the depth of what you do. And that was one thing with the cookbook. I was like, I want people to understand that healthy food doesn't have to be light. It can be nourishing. It can be deep. It can be, you know, it doesn't have to be white and clean and simple. Like, it can, it can be hearty. Yeah. Um, and I knew she got that from looking at her photography with um, artists. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that was something we worked on together. So the cookbook, we actually did hand in hand. We were like, we're going to do every layout together. We're going to do... Um, it was just, it was beautiful to build something with someone else. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I love that. So what? So what is it? What is your lane today? What are you to to Katie? Um, what's the, the, the last part? What? Kate Dearman? No. Um, oh, nourished by KTE. Nourished by KTE. What is your lane? What do you do? Like, what's what, what hats do you wear today? My my biggest hat is is truly more um, being being me outside of just these locations. Um, I'm the spokesperson for nourished by kte so i'm not doing a lot of the the culinary behind the scenes anymore um i'm working more with like the branding side and you know like now expansion to destin my focus goes to whatever location so when slidell opened my focus was there for a while it's building something that can self-sustain itself without me at birdhouse and then doing that in jackson understanding i could do that there and build something and get it to the place that it could run efficiently um and then go to the next spot okay um what haven't we talked about God, that you're hoping we would talk about, if anything? Oh, goodness. Um, we've hit on so much. Um, you know, I, I think a couple of things that 
we, you know, do different here. And we just talked on a little bit. Like I had a head pastry chef here at Birdhouse and her dream was to open her own place. And I find it so encouraging to help people do that. And now she just opened her first place in Laurel, Mississippi. I think for people to realize in an industry, like a restaurant industry, to not live in fear and to have the courage to want to promote other people to do their thing, just the way somebody gave me the opportunity to be doing what I'm doing. The more you can do that and find value in those around you and help them get to a place that they want to be, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself partnering with people that you create opportunity with where you can go into something together? Or? Absolutely. Okay. So right now I'm actually picking up a little food truck on Thursday. It's a 1950s Exciting. old horse trailer. I know. Um, my manager here, Rain, um, I, I always tell her, I'm like, I know this isn't where you're going to be forever. Like you she's just so freaking artistic. I'm like, I don't want you to be the manager at Birdhouse forever. Like I want you to do your thing. And we came together. It's something she had always wanted to do. She has a horse background. So the trailer is like perfect. So we're actually doing that project together. It's um, the first project I've ever done really with an employee of mine. And we're going to set up at different events. We have October is like booked for us as far as doing events. I'm actually going to go back to my hometown once a week and bring the little food truck and do events for my actual hometown people in Brookhaven, Mississippi. And we're doing it together. So it, it's a beautiful thing that I get to see that her talents are being used. And um, I couldn't do the food truck without her. Yeah. Um, and she kind of needs me right now yeah. to do it. So, And this is one of my biggest aha moments in the years doing this podcast. At first, it was like, oh, you need systems and processes and procedures. That's that's the secret. And then it's, oh, well, culture is really more important than systems and processes. You need that, too. You need both of those, really. And then the, the next thing that was like the big aha for me is it's a, you're not – running you're not running a business you're growing people and that's really the secret of of this is growing people and then when those people have hit the ceiling for growth that's when you that's when you grow your business and you say hey i know you're gonna go and do something like you're you're going beyond this you're growing beyond this someday what do you want to do how can i help Mm -hmm. and then you you that's where you grow your business is by creating opportunity for other people absolutely and that's the i think one of the the, the true secrets to this is not making it about you but right. everybody yes. else and the relationships yeah yeah it's it's key yeah i love it um so one thing so restaurant unstoppable the mission i tr- I, I echo it on purpose it's to inspire empower and transform the industry that's why we have missions so we can share them right uh we we, we are inspired you shared your story you, you showed what scrappiness can do uh we are empowered you give us some knowledge and best practices the transformation part is it's it's giving people an aiming point so that mm-hmm. the industry can transform but where do you think we need to go what what is the current state of the industry and what do you th- think the current state of the industry should be and how do we get there what's broken and what needs to be fixed if anything i i think the biggest thing that's broken is we forget what truly makes us happy Mm. i think if you lose what makes you happy in doing something then you're you're missing the mark altogether to give us another layer of that we lost what makes us happy what do you mean by that you know, if, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing on the day-to-day, if my original vision of creating a healthier culture in the South isn't being done, if the true happiness that I see isn't in the joy that my customers come in with and the way they leave, then what am I doing? Um, for me, the end game is never about a certain number I'm trying to obtain, 
but it's, it's a happiness inside. It's the courage to step out and do something you're passionate about and you're happy about. And I feel like sometimes it becomes so businesslike that you forget why you even started. And I just want to like really encourage people to go after their dreams, to go after the things that makes them happy, but don't lose track of that. Once the business gets started, stay true to you, stay true to what you want to create and keep going for it. No matter how much money you're making, if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Oh, what makes you happy? You know, the thing that makes me happy is seeing people succeed. Mm. Um, I love seeing lives transformed. Yeah. I love seeing someone that, you know, walks in like, I don't even know where to start. And you start them on a, a journey of health that then they become a better, stronger person. They believe in themselves and then they go out and teach yeah. someone else. That yeah. brings me happiness. This, what you're sharing is one thing that gives me a lot of hope because I think that as we learn more about human behavior and what the inner workings are of us and what makes us happy. We're learning so much. I think at the end of the day, all we all want is to be happy. Mm-hmm. We want to feel safe, secure and happy. Yeah. And what makes us happy human, those, those Maslow hierarchy of needs of mm-hmm. uh, being seen, being loved, mm-hmm. personal growth, self-actualization. When you have these, things, I think what we're realizing is all the stuff that we were told we need to do to be happy is starting to kind of not be true. Yeah. And, um, I'm hoping that the the things that we need to be happier, things that this being next to each other, Mm -hmm. working with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to, I think we kind of got like, I agree with you. We've gotten away from that. Why have we gotten away from that? I think for so long, like it was like the, the bigger it is, the more money you're making, the, you know, the more your face is out there, the more successful you are. What do you mean by the more your face is out there? What do you mean by that? You know, like for me, like I just had the chance to go on MasterChef. Um, I thought like you were looking the, for another high five for no, yeah. us. Like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> um, the best of the best of MasterChef. And like I was like, of course I want to go do that. And I was like, why am I doing that? Why? Why, why, were, why, why were you doing why, that then? Why, right. Then. What was the answer? Then it was a huge opportunity. And mm-hmm. um, my reason now for going on it would be for my face to be back on MasterChef. It wasn't that I needed it. It wasn't that where I needed to be at the time. I had to do like a really like, almost like a come to Jesus talk within my side myself. I was like, why, why do I want to go back? Why do I want to go back on and compete against the top of the top on MasterChef? Like, what am I trying to prove? Um, to put my face back out on MasterChef again. I was like, I don't need that. I'm happy doing what I'm doing right now with my people here. Yeah. I'm growing a business that makes me really happy. I don't need to go compete right now again. I don't, I would be I would be doing it would for other people, time? not myself. Or are you talking reflecting back in two thousand? No, like this past year, we oh. came, they came out with another uh, MasterChef, like um, uh, like the the top competitors from each season, and then competed. Um, and I could have went back out. Yeah, and I was like, it's it didn't bring me a piece. I was like, I didn't I didn't need that. But I think a lot of times we do things because social media has become so big and so important. It's like how many followers, how many likes. You know, if things become about that, and it's not important. I mean, it is I, important. I didn't feed you these questions before the interview, right? No. Okay. So no. Because sure. you're, you're echoing a lot of the sentiment that I share sometimes. Yeah. And I just want people to know that I'm not. No. Well. No. I, you sent me a little thing to look over. And I didn't even get to look over it before we came. <laughs> I didn't so know I, I was talking to I, you at this time yesterday. Yeah. Like no, I, like, we didn't. I promise. I promise. Yeah. Um, and. I just feel like true happiness is when you're really happy doing the things that you love with the people you care about and building something that you're really proud of. And at the end of the day, if you get two likes versus 2000 likes, 
what does it matter if you're not doing what makes you happy? Yeah. And, and Just to get a like, like? Yeah. And I think what's what's kind of happening when we get those likes, we get that that release, that uh, those endorphins. Dorphins, yeah. We get that release. That's the same relief release i get when i say hey you did a great job uh executing that or like you know like high five on (laughs) on you know rolling those protein balls that's exactly how i want them it's the same stuff happening but it's much more diluted version yeah we might get like a bunch of likes oh i got a hundred likes like that oh a hundred times yes oh that's over you know but when you when somebody sees you and in front of people like four or five other people and you, you get acknowledged in front of four mm-hmm. or five, not thousands, yeah. but four or five people who are in the same room with you. Mm-hmm. Mm, that feels it good. It does. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> man. And you know, and I think that we, we live in a time, like you hear the word unprecedented mm-hmm. a lot, but I think what's truly unprecedented is this world, the media that we live in, in constant comparison of each uh, yeah. other. And I think it's important that, I think there's a lot of people exiting the industry right now mm-hmm. I kind of feel like a hypocrite talking about this because I, I exited the industry to yeah. start the podcast, but it was because I wanted to learn. And I wanted to inspire people and do this stuff. It wasn't to get attention. Right. You know, that's not what drives me, but I think it's important that people know that don't compare yourself to what you see Mm-mm. on, on the online, on TV. It's not real. As we d- identified, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. Mm-hmm. And you're chasing a false reality. Yeah. And if you want to be happy, which is what we all truly mm-hmm. want, go be shoulder to shoulder with people. Go yeah. get involved in your community. Go hug somebody. Mm-hmm. I walked in the door today. What did I get? <laughs> a hug. Yes. <laughs> we were going to have five. I was like, no, I need a hug. Uh, you're, ta- you're talking to the person that rather <laughs> drive across a fucking country, part of my language, than do a Zoom call. Yeah. Because there's so much more that comes mm-hmm. out of that. And I just encourage people, get involved. You know, um, what's going through your mind as I'm saying this? And and to make a difference. I feel like when when you go after something, Go after it and make a difference. Um, you know, we lose track of that sometimes. It becomes all about us. And I've been that person where it was all about Katie. And when it becomes all about everyone else, it's just the story becomes so much prettier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So make a difference in what you're doing. Go after your dreams. Don't stop until you get there. And, you know, the biggest thing I can tell you is you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail. It's how you get back up. Yeah. It's getting back up. There's mountains and valleys and that mountaintop is so much sweeter I just saw, when you've been through the valley. Yeah. I just saw this meme the other day. Um, I know we're just shit all over social media, but there are some funny moments. In it. <laughs> but like, I saw this meme the other day and it was this little kid who fall, like, fell off a bike. Yeah. And, like he catches himself. He gets up and he starts dancing. You know, it was like, it doesn't matter how, if you fall. It's yeah, how you get back it's up. It's how you get back up. It was up. hilarious. Yep. Uh, okay. So again, to inspire and power transform the industry, how have you personally transformed who is katie dixon today versus katie dixon back in 2016 oh gosh um i'm I'm definitely a much more resilient stronger individual um i've learned to trust other people i've learned that i don't have to do it all myself i've learned that i don't have to know everything continual learning is key um putting people in place and and asking for help um a lot of times we think we have to know it all and we don't um, you know, for, for me, Robert, being able to bounce things off of him, find someone you can talk to that you trust that, you know, wants your best interest yeah. in the interest of your customer yeah. base. Um, I think those are really important things because when I started, I thought I could do it all Yeah, and I can't, mm. my, I'm only as good as my team is, I love it. um, and the people that support me. It takes a team. You can't it takes do it a alone. Team. You cannot do it alone. We're about to talk to Robert St. John. <laughs> I love um, him. what do I need to know? Give me some tips. Give me some pointers. Give me some information. He is one of the most unique individuals I have ever met in my life. Brilliant. Yeah. Not just in the kitchen. 
um, what he has went through in his life and the battles he's faced and the way he's overcame them and his story now, it's it's so unique and beautiful. And the way, I think a lot of times we're scared to show our failures. What are the battles you overcame? Me? Him. Oh, him. Um, You know, he's been sober for 30 years now. Like, wow. Robert hit rock bottom, and he's not afraid to tell a story. Mm. Um, We just spoke with his, and I, I don't know if I want to air out her dirty laundry, <laughs> but like uh, his, his assistant. Yeah. I think she's pretty open about it. She told oh, us, yeah, like, yeah. Simeon, um, you know, she told how she hit rock bottom, yeah. but I think he probably saw himself in her. And yeah. He got a second chance. And yeah. when, when, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of it, but like, there's something about, like, I don't know. I just, I'm starting to see a story unfold here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and from, you know, a lot of people, they don't like to show their failures. Mm. Robert isn't afraid to show those failures. He's also not afraid to tell you the way that he's found successes and how you too can find those. Yeah. And I think sometimes people try when they're successful to keep it a secret how they became successful. And those aren't the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. Surround the ones that aren't afraid to see you succeed. Yeah. Um, Robert is a cheerleader for me. He yeah. wants to see me succeed. Yeah. And I think that's something truly unique about someone that, I mean, gosh, I think he's written like eight cookbooks now, that's maybe. Crazy. Um, he has restaurants everywhere. He travels to Italy and brings people on tours over there. Like, what he does so many different things. Extra Table is just, it's just... It's impressive, like I mean, what he does for what is for, extra table? Um, it's his nonprofit, and he he feeds the hungry. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to be going to hang out, yeah, um, there today, and I don't know if we're going to do a recording. I might as well share the story. I mean, I think it'd be cool, inspiring. Uh, Absolutely, we're really just kind of rolling with the punches. Yeah, right now. that's right. That's how my whole yeah, life is. I so. thrive in chaos. Yeah, me yes, too. Please. Me too. Give it to me. Uh, so, um, I had a question for you. I lost it. Um, Oh, well, not so much a question, but the importance. Why do you think it's important for people to get vulnerable and to show their, their failures? What happens? What are the benefits of getting vulnerable and showing your failures? You know, it's something really hard to do, but it's something that can help other people. Why do you think it's hard to do? I think it's hard to show our weaknesses because we think we have to put on this front that we're strong all the time. Mm. That, you know, we, we've made it or we've we've done this. But it's like you haven't done that without failures. Mm-hmm. Like, I think just being... In a, I think the whole thing comes back to, to a lot of social media right now and yep. the way that things look so perfect. You forget what the whole story behind it is. Yeah. And to me, it's not about the end point as much as it's about the entire journey of yeah. learning. Yeah. And um, if we're vulnerable enough to share our weaknesses and show our growth, then it shows other people, hey, I can do that same thing. Yeah. You know, my story started out, you know, when I was in college, I had a, an extremely severe um eating disorder and I didn't think I was ever really going to overcome that part of my life and I had to get to a point where I was like this isn't what I want for myself I don't want this and I had to learn that eating nourishing healthy foods I didn't feel bad about what I ate and I could nourish my body and and eat and still feel good and I didn't want to keep that secret to myself it was a hard story to tell for a long time but I didn't want to um the beauty that was um gained from sharing that so many women struggle with that same issue. Men do too. And men do too. Yeah. And and come into a place that they feel safe and that someone has walked that same road as them and to step by step show them like you can do this too. Yeah. Um without being vulnerable and sharing that side of my story, I haven't helped nearly the amount of people that I could help and mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. And um 
There's beauty in showing vulnerability yeah. for sure. There's one element of this that I've discovered, and I think it was in The Speed of Trust mm -hmm. um, by Stephen R. Not Stephen R. Covey, but his son. I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the middle initial. Um, but what, what happens when you're vulnerable is that it builds trust. Yeah. Um, and when you when you lay your, your hand down on the or you know, when you show your hand to cards, you know, like and you see like this is what I'm working with. Mm -hmm. You're not you become less of a threat. Yeah. And when you get vulnerable with somebody, when you share your weaknesses, your vulnerabilities, think about a a dog, right? Um, when you're keeping your secrets, you know, you're showing your teeth, you're, you're yeah. guarded. You're like, I don't trust you. Uh -huh. You're doing circles around me. It's hard like, to get close to you. Stay away. Like, no, yeah. I don't, you don't want to be around that dog. Mm -hmm. Screw that dog. Yep. But if there's a dog that like rolls over on his belly and is wagging his tail, that belly is the dog being vulnerable. I'm, right. I'm literally being, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. Like you have my vitals yep. right here. You could bite me. You could do whatever yep. you want to do. I'm being vulnerable. I'm yeah. submitting. But then you just want to love the shit yeah. out of that right. dog. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's the same thing that's happening. Vulnerability creates trust. Yeah. And, and it speeds things up. Yeah. So it's very powerful. Very powerful. I, I think a big thing too, you don't have to know everything. Yeah. You can learn along the way. Yeah. I want to tell people when they're, if they're afraid to jump in that pool and to dive into their passion and to, to have their first, if it's a little cafe, a restaurant, if it's a meal prep program, you don't have to have it all figured out. And I think that's something that sometimes we're too scared to take that leap because we think we have to have everything figured out. Mm -hmm. We don't. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have it all figured out. Chef Katie Dixon, I've loved <laughs> this conversation. We're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a speed round. Unless Woo! there's anything you did not get out, now's the time. I don't time. think I think I got it. All right, beautiful. I don't need to tell you that it's harder than ever right now to be a restaurateur. The cost of goods are going up. Labor expenses are going up. People don't want to work in the industry. Anybody who had experience has, has gone on to different verticals or different industries. And we are just stuck with a lot of people who are very green in how, how do we increase sales if nobody knows how to sell? Well, you empower them with the right tools. And one tool out there that you need to know about is called S. RV, which stands for Study Restaurant Variety, created by Roger Bodwin from Restaurant Rockstars, a name I'm sure you recognize for his multiple appearances on the show, and his co-founder and co-creator, Zaylin Jacobson, who you'll be working with. This is a tool that will help your team memorize your menu, your uh, your culture, uh, everything, anything you need to train them, your entire training manual is now in an app and accessible anywhere. And really what it is, is an interactive learning tool. And it's a great way to invest in your team and to make them feel valued. There's a lot of data supporting that. This is how the next generation of professionals prefer to learn. So if you need a tool out there to empower your staff, to train your staff, uh, to, to give them the knowledge they need to be sales stars, then check out srvnow.com click the link that says request a demo and that will bring you to a page where you fill out your information the very last field make sure you let them know that restaurant unstoppable sent you their way they will pay us a commission of one thousand five hundred dollars if you use that link and you you sign up with them and i just have to say thank you in advance we're trying to take restaurant unstoppable to the next level and this is one way we can do that by just spreading the word about these tools and uh, I believe in what they're doing over there. So you're in good hands. Uh, thank you in advance. All right. Do it now. We are back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Gratitude. What is your biggest weakness? 
saying yes too often mm. to everything. Yeah, I, I hear that. What is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team? A huge heart to see mm. people succeed. What is one of your biggest challenges today? Biggest challenge is spreading myself too thin. Mm. How are you overcoming that? I'm trying to say no more. And um, I'm building a team around me that helps me. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a way to be, a way to act, a core value. To always see the best in others and always try to make someone a better person when they leave than when they arrived. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So something that you do to go above and beyond what's expected from your guests um, and your customers. Actually, I think one thing that we do that's a little different here at Birdhouse is I employ um, people from the ARC, which is special needs adults. Mm-hmm. And it brings in a different attitude to our customers, to the employees here. If, you know, Whitney that comes in and works three days a week comes in with a smile on her face and um, she, Whitney has Down syndrome mm-hmm. and she comes in, she knows her job responsibilities. She does them. She does them with a smile on her face. It makes everyone in this work environment work harder and be more thankful for the little things. Yeah. And I think that's something kind of cool we do here. I love that. Uh, what is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant operator? I think the art of living. Ooh. First time recommended on the show. Who's really? the author? Dennis Connor. All right. Beautiful. Uh, we will have that in the show notes. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash I don't even know what episode number this is. What? Just listen to the end of the episode <laughs> at the beginning and, and that's where you can find the show notes right there. Uh, we'll say the episode number. And uh, what is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do well enough or often enough? I think they forget to do the things that make them happy. I think they forget to slow down sometimes. I think it's go, go, push, push the way it is in a kitchen and that pours over into our lives and we forget to take the time that's needed to reset. Mm. I think resets are so important. So important. What is one piece? And I know you're not a technology girl. Oh God. Uh, I should say lady. I'm trying to be better about that. There's okay. things that the society like woman, technology yeah. woman. woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you're not a technology woman, uh, but what is one technology you've recently adopted within your restaurants uh, that's had a huge impact on communication, efficiency and profitability? I think the number one thing we're doing a little bit different right now, which I can kind of put in the technology range, is with my assistant, myself, and managers at all locations, we have um, twice a week, we we just talk for 20 minutes. It's a quick call, but we just keep honest, open communication. So it's not so tech heavy, but um, communication is the, the number one thing between all locations to keep everything super consistent. What was it you said? I missed it. I was too worried in my head about calling you a girl. I was like, what an oh, asshole. What an asshole. <laughs> I swear. Well, is there a piece of technology? Yeah. So th- the technology is kind of a, a spinoff of technology, but we literally do a, a face-to-face call between all my managers so using Zoom? at all locations, a Zoom call okay. with myself just to keep things on track, see what our needs are, see how we can do th- things differently, what's working at what location, just take advice from each other. And honestly, it's just to encourage one another. Yeah. So that, that's been like, I think, one key thing that has helped all locations. Uh, And this is the last question. Okay. Open your ears. It's a doozy. Get ready for it. Oh, God. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Don't take anyone or anything for granted. One. Smile every day. Two. Remember the little things. Two. Um, number three. 
enjoy each day as it's your last. Um, time goes by really fast. Enjoy the little things. Beautiful. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us, to be so available on short notice, yeah. uh, to share your story, to share your knowledge. There is no question, my friend, you are unstoppable, but we can't say goodbye yet because you still have to call somebody out. Who do you respect and admire and believe would be a great guest mentor like you made for us today? If you can't think of just one person, I will take a list. Oh, no. oh goodness. Jay Cody from Government Tacos in Louisiana. Okay. Incredible soul, personality, businessman, friend, and... Um, you will laugh your head off. Jay Decody. Awesome. Jay Decody. Jay Decody. And, and we already have uh, Robert St. John. Well, on well absolutely. List. We've yeah. talked about <laughs> Robert is number one, dude. Sorry, Jay. Um, <laughs> but I knew you already had him on the lineup. Yeah, so. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, if you're interested, he'll be the next episode right after this one. So it's going to line up real nice. And how can we connect with you if we were inspired by this story and um, we maybe want to come work for you or we want to maybe get mentored or ask Absolutely. questions what's the best way um chef katie dixon on instagram or chef katie um is my website so Beautiful. i respond to both and i'll say it again there is no questioning you are unstoppable <laughs> thank you cheers cheers there's another episode wrapped up here at restaurant unstoppable special thanks to our guest today chef Katie Dixon for joining us and for, I mean, just being so inspirational and starting where you can and being scrappy. Awesome stuff that came out of today's episode. I hope you guys found the value like I did. And we are trying to take this thing to the next level uh, in the way we think we can do that is by committing to 100% on-site interviews. We think that the relationships are better. The audio quality is better just the general quality of the the conversations better when you're in person and we have a videographer traveling with us on site so right now if you have not yet hit pause go to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable and subscribe to our youtube channel uh, what we're going to be doing over there is a really condensed version of the full length episode uh the youtube gods prefer shorter content they don't like the two hour long uh long format interviews. So uh, if you want an abbreviated version of Restaurant Unstoppable, a 15 to 30 minute version of these interviews with video content, then head over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable and subscribe. And thank you so much. Even if you don't want to watch that shit, subscribe. <laughs> like we need your help and we, we thank you so much. Uh, other things that are happening here at Restaurant Unstoppable as you're listening to this we are preparing for our next road trip. We're going to Chicago and Detroit. Uh, honestly, we don't have a lot of leads in Detroit. Uh, the reason we're going to Detroit is because that's where Gino Wickman is. He is the co-author of Traction, uh, EOS Life, uh, What the Heck is EOS, Rocket Fuel, and his latest book is all about uh Discipline. So we're going to be covering the 10 disciplines that he covers in that book. I'm super excited for that. And if you guys know of any Detroit restaurateurs we should make an example of, please, please, please shoot me an email, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Uh, we're going to be headed to Chicago right after that. Tons of leads in Chicago's, but we're, we're always looking for more leads. So if you can think of anybody in Chicago, let us know again, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. And I can't wrap up today's episode without saying thank you to the people that make this show possible. Special thanks to Jared Parisi at Sumadre Podcast and Sam from savandsam.com. You guys make this possible. Thank you. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>